0: You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Steel. Just leave him out of this. Oh, Balto. I've got a message for your mother. Get him.
1: Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies you watched growing up, the ones you're nostalgic about, and we watch them objectively without the rose-colored glasses and let you know, are these movies any good or are you just blinded by nostalgia?
0: This week we watched 1995's Mostly... Animated family adventure.
1: Balto. Balto. Uh, interesting movie because not a movie I saw in theaters, not a movie I ever owned, but a movie I saw several times because for some reason every teacher I had growing up loved to play this movie in class.
0: Really, that is a strange one. Were you guys studying the Iditarod or, or anything in particular no. related to sled dogs? No. There was,
1: I think, there was one history class where they were where they did cover this pandemic that broke out. Or almost broke out. Um, It was stopped,
0: obviously. Yeah, thanks to Balto, obviously.
1: Thanks to Togo, (laughs) but we'll get into that. Uh, Other than that, it was just like a go-to for teachers who just like did... I remember watching it in a math class once.
0: Anything to keep the kids busy, I guess. Yeah,
1: I guess so. Well,
0: it seemed like during this time, the the 90s specifically, and even bleeding into the early 2000s, we were kind of sled dog crazy. There was a lot of movies. I mean, we had adaptations of like White Fang, I remember, Iron Will, And then, of course, eight below snow dogs later on. But, you know, these animals, beautiful, majestic creatures, and we like to put them in movies.
1: Yeah, uh, interestingly enough, snow dogs uh, back then were almost always Siberian huskies and definitely not part dog, part wolf.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that this was a fabrication on the part of the filmmakers. Kind of upset when I learned the true story of Balto.
1: Yeah, which is funny because uh, they use the statue of Balto in New York City, and you and I had this conversation off-air, why there's even a statue in New York City of all places for Balto is beyond us. (laughs) Um, And I tried to look for an answer, and there was none. It was just, they, I mean, dog lovers raised money and put a statue of Balto in the fucking (laughs) Central Park. Um, Get over it. But the statue, he's very much just a Siberian husky, and doesn't look anything like he does in the animated Portion of this film. It's very bizarre.
0: Yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, this film is very loosely based on the true story about the dog of the same name who helped save children infected by the diphtheria epidemic in the 1925 serum run to Nome, Alaska. You know, the movie itself was actually directed by Simon Wells, who co directed two movies we've already covered An American Tale, Fifal Goes West, and We're Back, A Dinosaur Story.
1: Ooh, and uh, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon also produced by Spielberg.
0: Also had a Central Park-themed intro for no reason.
1: <laughs> Whatsoever. Yeah. I... Uh-huh. Uh starting to see a, a weird uh, connection with Spielberg's.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that, actually, in just a sec here, because uh, he also co-directed The Prince of Egypt, and then went on to direct The Time Machine and Mars Needs Moms by himself. Oof, Mars Needs
1: <laughs> God. Yikes. Mars Needs Moms.
0: Balto received a mixed critical reception. It's got a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.0 on IMDb. Its critical consensus reads, Balto is a well-meaning adventure with spirited animation, but mushy sentimentality and bland characterization keep it at pause length from more sophisticated family fare (laughs) gross Uh, but it performed quite poorly at the box office you had mentioned you didn't see this in theaters i certainly didn't either i remember renting it from the big apple which was a local gas station video store here in town back where i grew up Rented it several times, but hadn't seen this movie in well over 15 years. Genuinely, it's been 15 years since I've seen this movie. But like I said, no one saw this at the box office, particularly because it was released just a month after Toy Story hit theaters. Yikes. Bad timing. Balto took about $30, $30 million to produce. It only managed to earn $11 million in theaters, coming in 111th on the box office charts that year.
1: Go ahead and name off the other
0: 110 that it finished behind. <laughs> Uh, It did, however, manage to outperform a couple family films like these titles. Some of these brought me back. Do you remember The Amazing Panda Adventure? No. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I just remember the cover of this kid running with a panda over some drawstring bridge. I saw that cover in blockbusters and movie galleries all the time. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Angus, which was about that chubby teen. It was also Fluke, which was the movie about the dad who dies and comes back as the family dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe a stay tuned. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Then there was Gordy, which was this, which is the same year as Babe, two talking pig movies. The Pebble and the Penguin, which I also vaguely remember. And this one, which I feel like I'm going to watch as soon as I stop recording. Top Dog. Here's the plot. With his cop companion shot and killed by terrorists, Reno the Dog pairs up with Tough Cop Jake in thwarting the criminal organization. Jake played by Chuck Norris. (laughs) Christ, yikes! That's called Top Dog, Zach. In case you want. To go oh, out. thanks. Check that out later on. Yeah, just thank you. you. However, like many of the movies we cover on the show, it did fucking gangbusters on VHS sales and rentals. That's where everyone discovered this and how it became sort of a, a classic among the '90s animated uh, films. Despite the film being the biggest box office disappointment of that year, reportedly, strong video sales led to the release of two direct-to-video sequels, Balto 2 Wolf Quest in 2002, and Balto 3 Wings of Change in 2004. <laughs> That's where he grows wings. Yeah, where Balto <laughs> learns to fly. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. But you mentioned, yeah, produced by Steven Spielberg, this is the final animated feature produced by Steven Spielberg's Amblin Emblem- animation Amblimation? Amblimation. That's what it was called. Yep. That animation studio before he co-founded DreamWorks with David Geffen and Jeffrey Katzenberg. The only other two films they <laughs> released, Zach, were An American Tale, Fightful Goes West, and We're Back at Dinosaur Story, both of which were phenomenal box office failures.
1: Yes. Uh, one we covered. And both we've covered. One, sequel. No, we covered the sequel. Oh, no, wait. Fightful Goes West. <laughs> yeah, we covered the Excuse sequel. Yeah. We We Yeah, we've covered both of them, and uh, I don't think we gave strong reviews for either.
0: <laughs> this fact, though, kind of blew my mind. This is one of only three animated films in the entire history of cinema to be based on a true story. The other one, Pocahontas, released in 1995, and the the only other one wasn't until 2018, which was Sergeant Stubby, an American hero. Ew, dude. But you'd think that, like, I mean, many movies feature an actual person that existed in history. Uh, those three, though, are the actually only films to be considered even remotely historically accurate.
1: And uh, I don't, I can't speak to <laughs> Stubby. Uh, but I'm sure it's not <laughs> terribly historically accurate. Definitely the other two aren't.
0: No, of course not. And I, I mean, just to get into the brief, biggest inaccuracy of them all, the real hero of the 1925 serum run was Togo, uh, a 12-year-old husky led his sled slag- sled dog team through 260 miles of the Alaskan blizzard to deliver this emergency serum to Nome. Balto received most of the fame because he led the final 55 miles and people just got sort of confused because the dogs looked similar similar.
1: It's also credited. And this is just me Wikipedia browsing that part of the reason why these dogs became so famous was because radio had just been invented. And so this became like a huge story throughout the country, probably why New York city fundraisers put a statue in Central Park, still stupid, I suppose. still stupid, <laughs> um, but, but it is interesting uh, kind of how news was influenced back then just because Balto happened to be the dog that was there.
0: Yeah, and Balto and his master became quick celebrities. Balto actually becoming one of the very first animal actors. He starred in a few movies after this, got fucking acting gigs. Jesus. Meanwhile, Togo didn't get a movie until last year. It stars Willem Dafoe. It is on Disney Plus. And honestly, after watching this movie, I might give it a look. watch. I checked out the trailer. Looks pretty good. Yeah, we're big Dafoe heads, too. Yeah, so.
1: it's a big Dafoe head, and it's a, probably a direct shot at this movie.
0: Oh, it's got to be. I bet they call Balto an asshole in that
1: movie. Yeah, I hope they do.
0: They really should if they don't. The only other alternative casting decision here, Brendan Fraser actually originally hired to provide the voice of Steel, the film's villain, not Balto. He actually recorded his part, but his voiceover was subsequently discarded and the role went to experienced voice actor Jim Cummings.
1: Um, You know what, Brandon? I'm going to go ahead and give you an unpopular opinion, at least from my perspective. I could have used him in this movie.
0: Yeah, well, Wells is... Uh, defense of Frazier, the director, he said he wanted he saw Steele as sort of a jock jerk and thought Frazier was the perfect fit for it. Spielberg, however, wanted a clearer sense of Steele's inherent evil. I don't think there's a single audience member who could confuse this dog with being a nice dog. He snarls in every scene. He's like licking his lips. He has like he's a he's a blood vessel short away from dying, like blowing.
1: Blood. Yeah, this dog
0: is fucking psychotic. Truly evil. And lastly. Zach Balta was rated G by the MPAA, our first, one of our first G-rated films, I think. So anybody in the world, even babies, could watch this fucking thing.
1: Which is probably why it was shown in school.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Well, uh, anything else, Zach, before you want to jump right in?
1: Uh, no, man. Uh, watching this with a dog on my lap was difficult.
0: <laughs> was it difficult because she kept like trying to move her because of the intense peril these dogs are put in?
1: She was sleeping, and she looked really
0: cute, and it just made me sad. Yeah, these dogs get put through the fucking ringer in this movie. I'll tell oh, you that. Oh, do they ever! A gun to my head, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this began in live action, nineteen ninety-five, New York City, Central Park.
1: <laughs> I would have because I do. I do remember that being like a huge thing, and like I remember the first time I saw this movie, and like it turns out that the old woman is the little girl from the movie, and I'm like, <gasps>
0: Spoiler big alert, big dude. reveal!
1: Oh shit! Yeah. Well, that's Balto. Your thoughts, Brandon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. It's Central Park. It's live action. It's fall. Beautifully photographed foliage falling all around them while walking. There's a uh, an old lady, a grandmother and her granddaughter, uh, and they're searching for a monument of some kind. This is Miriam Margulies, who's walking with her granddaughter. And as they seat themselves for a rest, the woman tells her granddaughter a story about Nome, Alaska. This little girl, by the way, really getting on my nerves. Super Ooh, pissy. Terrible.
1: We're, we've been walking forever and then the grandmother's like it's 15 minutes and honestly you're walking with a puppy
0: yeah they've got this cute little husky on their side it's, yeah uh, they got a nice little cute Siberian husky Uh, But with a quick, simple pan, we're back 70 years earlier in the winter of 1925, which shifts the film from live action to animation. She tells her about the fierce competition involved in dog sledding. And holy shit, is this fierce? (laughs) Like, we cut to this very intense race in which we're introduced to Steele and his crew just as they cheat to win steel looks ripped by the way dude he's got traps on traps it looks like bane
1: the big ass fucking dog and it's funny because so he cheats by wiping out the other sled dogs and the owner of that sled who wipes out instead of getting up and like cursing the musher he gets up and he, he says steel like the dog like he's cursing <laughs> the dog
0: like everyone's used to this guy always he's doing like, this like oh that's classic shit,
1: like that dog
0: classic steel Uh, We then meet our hero, Balto. He's a wolf dog, part wolf, part husky. Charming, played by Kevin Bacon. The first of the historical inaccuracies, Balto was not half wolf, just a regular old fucking Siberian husky. (laughs) Fucking great.
1: I think I went my whole life. I mean, I I did learn it eventually, I think, because this is one of those movies that like pops in your head and I'm like, well, I don't need to watch it. I'll just read read about it. Um, Until I learned that he wasn't actually a wolf. (laughs) they're <laughs> like part wolf. It's confusing why they feel they need to do this. The, see, this is what makes this movie weird is that I think the plot of the the historical aspect of it kind of stands on its own. It's, you know, kind of a big deal. I don't know why they need to make Balto suddenly like, I mean, I don't know, just weird that they they made him an underdog.
0: Of course. Oh shit, dude. Those are the jokes you get here.
1: That's nostalgia be damned.
0: But it's weird that not only is he not part hybrid, he also wasn't a bullied dog in real life. (laughs) They didn't pick on him or anything. And so it's almost as if they introduced this not only to make him the underdog, but also to introduce this strange like, is there a racial thing going on here with all this hybrid wolf talk and all the, the way they treat him and that he's a second class citizen? I don't know, man. I think there's a weird undercurrent of stuff we're meant to, you know, Zootopia style.
1: Yeah, it's definitely confusing, and, like, they'll make fun of him, like, for, I don't know, like, at one point, they'll be like,
0: oh, you're a weird dog, and then the other
1: part, they're like, "Ah, oh, you're a wolf. It's like, well, pick a lane. Am I a bastard because I'm a
0: wolf, or am I a bastard because I'm a dog? Voiced by Kevin Bacon, and he's introduced kind of saving his friend, this thickly-accented Russian snow goose named Boris, voiced by Eddie Valiant himself, Bob Hoskins. Yep. I read a very sad fact, trivia fact, that said this was the only voice- acting he did except for one of his final roles which was a voice i guess in uh, garfield tale of two kitties so legendary actor bob hoskins went out on garfield tale of two kitties Now well, that makes me feel bad very sad very sad to hear we're meeting a lot of characters right now, uh, but we're also introduced to little Rosie and her parents. She's acquiring a new sled for her dog. And her dog, by the way, Jenna, who all the dogs want this dog, if this you know a, what I mean, dude. It's a hot dog. <laughs> Gro- oh, come on. You're coming in with these fucking dad jokes on Father's Day of all days to be recording. Good job, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. I, th- I really do think this little girl is pretty cute. Rosie. I love her animation. Adorable. Yeah, her energy. She's super adorable.
1: There, some of the animation in this is pretty, it it goes back and forth of moments of like,
0: wow, this is kind of shitty to moments of like, wow, this is pretty good. I think it all comes down to, I like the character designs. I like the backgrounds and the landscapes, but whenever the dogs or anyone's in motion, it kind of turns to shit every so often. <laughs>
1: yeah, it gets a little weird.
0: So she's obsessed with dog racing, and all the other dogs seem obsessed with Jenna. Jenna, one of those sexy dogs, she's voiced by Bridget Fonda. I got a real kick out of her dog girlfriends who talk and act like they're those like stereotypical middle-aged women gossiping at a salon. Oh my god,
1: I was over it. Like, I was over it almost immediately. I did. I appreciated the joke where like the other one comes in, and she's like, "Say something about her necklace before she gets whiplash." Like that made me. <laughs> that made me kind of chuckle, and then uh, then I was like, okay, well, now I'm over it.
0: Well, Balto's got a huge crush on Jenna. Sadly, so does Steele, And Steel, a black and white Alaskan Malamute, by the way, purebred. All the girl dogs want him. And there's a lot of innuendo here for a G-rated film, yeah, I'll say. Oh, yeah.
1: He's Gaston.
0: Yeah, for sure. Actually,
1: he can get any girl he wants except the hottest, most desirable one. <laughs>
0: exactly. Damn it. So just as the race is ending and Steel is coming in for the win, unopposed, the wind blows Rosie's musher hat right out of her hands and onto the track. And Balto sees this as an opportunity to maybe woo Jenna. So he races Steel to get it, which he does at the last second. And Steel really pissed off that Balto beat him out there. Even though this dog's been running for miles, in my personal opinion, it's not that impressive that Balto can sprint faster here. Steele's just run a fucking marathon. The fresh half-wolf dog can run faster
1: <laughs> than the sled dog who's on, like, Probably mile, like, 50, at least.
0: Rosie loves him for it, but her dad certainly does not. He's, like, kicking snow in Balto's face, telling everybody, Get the fuck out of here! And then we finally find out why. It's because he's half-wolf. He might bite you. Steel starts hitting on Jenna. His breath alone makes Jenna's friend... I think she basically has an orgasm right here. She frizzes out with all her hair, falls down the ground with her tongue hanging out, like, Oh, no, Steel!
1: This, uh... It's so hard to like, it makes sense now when you tell me that Spielberg kind of wanted it more over the top because there are moments of like this dog just being like stupid and goofy and then moments of it just being like a hellhound.
0: On the verge of blowing a blood vessel in anger at all times. One of his lines is, I know where all the bones are buried. She says, I've lost my appetite. And he says, well, maybe your taste runs more toward wolf. Okay. (laughs) Okay. She stumbles into that wolf, half-wolf, their noses touch tip to tip. Also,
1: he's trying to bury a bone.
0: Yeah, exactly. You got that. That's what I was leading at. No, yeah, high five. All right, fine. Can I get the assist on that one? I set it up? I'll
1: get you the, yeah, you get the assist. Cool. (laughs) Even though it was a line in the movie, but whatever.
0: Come on, dude.
1: (laughs) No, you're doing a great job.
0: She walks away, Jenna does, just before Steel gets there to basically antagonize. He calls Balto Bingo. And like I said, there's clearly some half-breed racial politics involved in this dog world, at least. Steel has three cronies on his team that hang around as, like, hype men, and I I would have accused them of just ripping off the hyenas from The Lion King, but that was in production at the exact same time, I'd imagine. But they even have that real dumb one, like Ed, in the movie who keeps getting slammed on the head. These guys could have left the movie as soon as they were introduced.
1: Well, they're, they're essentially the freaking soprano crime family sitting out in front of the deli in Newark. Like, the... They all got <laughs> those fucking accents and the Oh my god, Balto's so fucking
0: weird. Yeah, this one who keeps wanting to describe him in different using various adjectives before uh, settling on one gets yeah, it's,
1: so fucking lame.
0: They just repeat it again and again for no reason. Yeah, these these guys are really lame.
1: And then like at the end they try and pay it off as like, ah, see, they accepted it this time. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying.
0: That's Nikki Caltag, and Starr. I guess these guys make a cameo in the Wings of Change for the real Balto heads out there. What? Oh, fuck. Hey, Balto, I got a message for your mother. And they all start howling at the <laughs> moon. <laughs> Whoa. Basically, I fucked up your mom joke, right?
1: Yeah, more or less. I, it's
0: the equivalent, yeah, to that. Or at least the MILF guys in American Pie, at least. Yeah,
1: it's, <laughs> it, it is kind of weird This movie is just very subtly rated G. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) He walks away all sad and shit after they kick snow and rocks at him. Later that night, though, Balto's feeling down. He spots some nearby wolves, and he's not welcomed among them either because, again, he's half dog. So he heads home. Well, he doesn't
1: even, they howl at him, and he doesn't howl back. So he's just being a little bitch.
0: Yeah, he seems embarrassed or ashamed that he's part wolf. He doesn't want to accept that part of his life. So he heads home to his abandoned Pirate ship of sorts, I guess. <laughs> That's where Boris tries to cheer him up, pretending to be a dog. He starts chewing on this bone with a pair of... They look like Sonic the Hedgehog human teeth. I don't know why this goose has human teeth. <laughs> but whatever, we'll throw that away. This
1: goose is annoying. A- every side character in this movie is fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree, because then just when you thought Boris wasn't enough of a cute sidekick animal... we're Ew! Used ...to Phil Collins, pulling double duty here as Muck and Luck, a pair of polar bears. Oh, he does... The-
1: he does both of the bears i thought he was just
0: doing the he one. does both of them His... well because one of them barely talks it's yeah, he just makes, in, like, like whooping noises i couldn't tell you which one is which and, and although you would be forgiving for not knowing they were polar bears because they look like white sloths really
1: <laughs> yeah they, they they just
0: look like white giant balls of fur boris by the way spots some geese passing overhead and balto asked him hey you ever thought about heading home why is boris with this wolf anyway i i don't understand their relationship dude who fucking cares man it's so
1: fucking stupid again the side characters just don't fucking make any sense in this movie
0: meanwhile all the children including rosie start contracting diphtheria they're all coughing unable to go outside to play with jenna that's when balto comes over to hit on her hey you want to go i don't know chase some sticks at moonlight good timing (laughs) great timing balto and then he's like oh shit wait she's dying Uh, there's another dick joke here as Balto breaks into this nearby lodge he just takes off the hinges of the bottom part of the door and he says big paws running my family
1: at least part of his family and also you know what
0: big paws mean high five yep another one dad you're killing it (laughs) big dick um I wanted to get into this fuck shack he set up below this cabin because it's pretty crazy. Oh, he yeah. He has this broken bottle trick he shows her. Dude, where he... <laughs> I thought this
1: played in so much more into the movie for some reason. Like, I could have sworn, like, because he basically shows, he's like, check out the northern lights or whatever. I forgot
0: all about like, this. using a
1: broken bottle. I, I remember that part specifically because I remember the color being really pretty, but I could have sworn it played more of a, bigger role yeah
0: i mean it comes in towards the climax of the movie but it's kind of thrown away for a big chunk of this movie and that's where i guess they're underneath their cabin so they overhear rosie's diagnosis it's not good and the doctor has no antitoxin now in the film the reason why dr curtis wilch orders the medicine to be sent to gnome is because his supply is completely run out however in real life the reason was that his entire batch was past its expiration date and no longer had any effect. Again, these are small bits and pieces that I can understand them changing for an animated film. Just then, Steel comes in with some sausages. And asks Jenna if she'd like to start on one end and they can meet in the middle. <laughs> but Like Lady in the Tramp. Exactly, you get it. Yeah, that other movie. But she tricks him. But and-
1: also, sausages like penis.
0: Ooh, up top. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Listening to this, I don't know if that visual joke pays off, but it's okay. It's fine.
1: What? Oh, high fiving? Yeah. No, it's not. It's yeah. not funny at all. It's bad podcasting.
0: We're kill, but we're killing it. We're, we're killing doing it. really good, even if you can't see it. <laughs> she tricks him into backing his asshole into the furnace, which scorches it. They all run outside, and Balto is once again accused of stealing, based on profiling, because he's part wolf. The humans even go as far to thank Steele for being there and give him the sausages before kicking more snow into Balto's face. Hilarious. Fuck. Unfortunately, it only gets worse for Balto. Severe winter weather conditions prevent some medicine from being brought by air or by sea, and I think the closest rail line ends in Nenana. I, I apologize if I'm butchering that. They end up needing a fast sled team to collect the medicine to get it back in time so they hold this race right so they hold tryouts (laughs) exactly and balto sneaks into the race and you better fucking believe he wins it even after being you know thrown to the side and you know they try to cheat again by knocking him out of the race
1: so i don't know why like this isn't the point of being a sled dog i don't get it this is this is stupid, but it's funny that um, Steele obviously is like you're not coming on my race. And when the musher comes over to like pet Balto, Steele steps on his foot, and makes Balto snarl. So they're like, ah, he'll turn on us. Can't use him.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Jenna calls Steele a glory hound. Hey, hey, yeah. Yeah, I get it.
1: <laughs> that one didn't have anything to do with penises, though. So I don't. You're like
0: right. It. it was a real limp handshake.
1: By the way, not a single fart in this movie.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think we should really bring that up on every movie now. I I mean, we have been, honestly, but, yeah, we're keeping it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have been, yeah, for weeks. Not a a single fart joke in this movie. Can't believe it. Very upset. And with those fat polar bears, they couldn't have slipped in one fart joke? (laughs) Bad movie, uh, 20 overall, Brandon, your thoughts.
0: So in real life, mind you, the sled run to retrieve the medicine was actually a relay. It was not one team doing this. Instead of being the leader of the first and only team, like we mentioned, Balto was actually the leader of the 20th team and the last team to carry the medicine to Nome.
1: And again, Togo carried the most. He Yes. 260 miles of that relay.
0: He was 18th and third to the last in the team. But yeah, the longest and most hazardous distance, Togo was your man. Yeah. It doesn't look good for Rosie as she's slowly succumbing to her disease and the doctors doubt the medicine will make it in time. Cut to the local woodworker building fucking kid coffins? Holy shit. Jesus. (laughs) Morbid as
1: fuck. Also, the giant quarantine sign that they hang. Ooh, touches home, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, rough movie to watch right now. Yeah.
1: So Balto
0: heads off to find the dog he doesn't like to get medicine back to the town that doesn't like him. Did we mention that (sighs) they got lost? Oh, fuck, no, not yet. But he sets off before he knows what- they've got lost. Before that noose has hit back to them. It's just been a couple of days, right? No. He finds out that they're lost and then he goes after them?
1: Yeah, it comes over It comes over like a um, telegraph.
0: That's true. I couldn't remember where that was, though. I thought he set off before he even knew they were missing because it had just been too long and he noticed Rosie was dying. So he's like, fuck, I got to get out there either way. But yeah. Nope. Either way, fuck no. you, dude. Yeah, you're welcome. Boris... And the bears agree to join Balto on his trek because the sled team picks up the medicine successfully, but on the way back, they end up stranded at the base of this icy hill with the musher unconscious, all thanks to Steele's ignorance and his inability to admit he's lost. Yeah, I mean,
1: I got to tell you, Brandon, my whole thought through this movie was like, wow, this movie is 117 minutes of pure nothing. You mean 78 okay. minutes. Did I, is that what I said? May have,
0: yeah, no, it may have felt yeah, 117 exactly. minutes, Zach. It's 78 minutes, not even, ta- I mean, barely feature length. <laughs> I know,
1: it really is like one of the, but but it felt a little longer to me just because, like, nothing's really happening in this movie.
0: Well, meanwhile, on their trek, this part was pretty badass, and this is one of the parts I remembered as a kid. Our heroes come across one of the most terrifyingly fucking animated grizzly bears in movie history. He's, he's enormous, he's a completely jet black, he's got yellow eyes, and he always goes for the kill. <laughs> What are you, this
1: bear's publicist?
0: (laughs) I am, yeah. I'm saying that this bear, DiCaprio couldn't have killed this one is what I'm getting at, dude, all right?
1: But Balto does.
0: Balto does, thankfully, with the help of Jenna, who comes to the rescue out of nowhere. Nice. She really wants that D. She's pretty fond of Balto, we find out. Yeah, definitely. She proves to be a a bit of a distraction. Ultimately, the bear falls through some ice after it's lured onto the lake and drowns in freezing cold waters, presumably. I guess, (laughs) this uh, Also sends Balto underwater briefly, but that's why Phil Collins is here. Or so we thought, because these fucking polar bears can't swim. So essentially, they just try to kill themselves.
1: Stupid subplot. (laughs)
0: The situation is so dire they see an opportunity to end it all and they just leap into the water knowing they can't swim. But they somehow do end up saving Balto and pulling him from the ice. Jenna lays on top of him to get him warm, you know what I mean? And he realizes her paw was hurt in the action. We also get this very annoying bit where the bears are like, "Oh, we can swim." And again, these characters are these supporting characters are just the worst. The worst.
1: The worst.
0: Balto instructs Boris and the polar bears to take her home. A Jenna, because she's her, While he continues on his own, she gives him her bandana to wear. You know, it's like a uh... jerk off to this later. <laughs> Hard cut to Balto in a cave with the bandana over his snout, just jerking off feverishly in a corner. Yeah, yeah. Where were you on that one, Spielberg? Yeah,
1: glad everybody was excited about this episode, huh? <laughs> oh,
0: come on. I'm sorry. You you started. Oh it. no,
1: started? it's fine. i just. <laughs> it was more of a fuck you to our listeners.
0: <laughs> come on. We love you. After some time, though, he does manage to track down the team. But Steele, being the huge cock he is, he refuses his help. Balto, though, refuses to leave without that medicine. So there's a bit of a scuffle, a bit of a fight. Balto's beaten up. I
1: was going to say, Steele beats the living
0: shit out of him is what happens. (laughs) And this team, you know, Steele's team slowly starts siding with Balto. And then there's this whole confrontation over the side of a cliff where he knocks over the medicine, you know, the medicine falls off, and then he grabs Jenna's bandana from Balto's neck and then falls. I mean, a huge... This is a, this is a cliff.
1: I could <laughs> um, not remember if he died or not, and honestly, he should
0: have. No, yeah. If this was realistic, he would have. But no, he he is alive, still hurt, but alive, and he somehow decides that he's going to sabotage the journey by creating all these fake trail of breadcrumbs by scratching all the trees. How does he get in front
1: of them to do this? I don't know. Uh, Maybe like that cliff was a shortcut. I have no fucking idea.
0: It must be because, yeah, he's down there at the bottom of this cliff and then somehow gets in front of them and then creates a fake trail home on top of being hurt. But again, it's Steel, so he's badass. It's understandable.
1: Yeah, Steel's fucking cool. He's the real hero of this movie.
0: Could you imagine if they called Steel Togo as just, like, an extra <laughs> twisting of the knife? Oh, that would have been amazing.
1: I, like, honestly, I'm all for, like, the idea of Hollywood dramatizing one of the most miraculous, like, medical runs in history.
0: For sure. But maybe, you know, try to get it right. Yeah. Which we'll see if maybe Togo does. I'll have to check that out someday. Okay. Where were we? Back in Nome. Jenna is explaining Balto's mission to the other dogs when Steele returns, claiming that the entire team, including Balto, is dead. And he's got Jenna's bandana to prove it.
1: And he's still hitting on her. He's like, he just wanted us to be happy together.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He claims that Balto demanded to take the medicine and then ran off a cliff with it. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, Jenna sees through the lies. She knows Balto, and she tells everyone that Steele's fucking lying. She takes off to find him. Or Rather, in an effort to guide Balto home, she places those broken colored glass bottles on the outskirts of town, shines a lantern through it to simulate the northern lights like she had been shown earlier.
1: Full circle. There it is. That's where, yeah, that's where
0: it came into play. Now, Balto at this point has fallen off the cliff, right? Didn't that happen? Hang on a second. Yes. I don't know, man. There's a bunch of like weird set pieces
1: that happen over the course of the next like 20 minutes that just like are all so disjointed to me that i can't remember which happened yeah
0: the sled goes off off the cliff and balto tries to rescue it but he's not unable to do so so he falls with it and then when he regains consciousness you know he's ultimately ready to give up hope but that's when a polar wolf this giant white wolf appears he notices the medicine crate still intact nearby and also comes to find out or realize that his part wolf heritage is a strength, Zach, not a weakness. Yep. <laughs> he lets out this huge ass howl with his wolf bro, and then he drags the medicine up the cliff to his team. And they
1: and they make comments. They make comments about his feet again. Like, it's like a Tarantino <laughs> movie. They're like, "Holy fuck, the paws on this guy." <laughs>
0: Like you mentioned, a few more set pieces. This is where they encounter a few more problems along the way, including this tricky ice bridge and an avalanche. They make their way through some ice caves. I did remember this scene specifically: these icicles falling down like giant daggers as they try to cross this big yeah. ice patch. It's
1: pretty cool. I remember it because you see the antitoxin come out, and for whatever reason, like I used to, I saw that bottle of medicine, and it like shone like bright orange gold. Yeah, it was like all lit up for whatever reason. It was like the fucking suitcase. I'm pretty sure this is a fucking Tarantino movie. (laughs) Quentin Tarantino's Balto. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Better movie. I'd watch it.
0: Yeah. During one of the action, one of the vials break, but they are able to get out of there unharmed. Back on the abandoned ship at home, Boris and the bears are sobbing. They're missing their Balto when over the hill he comes to the sight of the northern lights, howling the whole time. And he's like, Jenna, fuck yeah, man. Got my girl waiting for me when I get back.
1: Yeah, he's going to get fucked.
0: It's a pretty triumphant return with some pretty triumphant music by James Horner. It's got a good score, I'll say. All the lights come on Mm -hmm. in the village as they watch Balto and the sled team ride into town.
1: Steel is called. What does what this dog say to him? I remember I was waiting for it. She's like, Steel, you are absolutely. And then she says something like disposable.
0: Disposable, yeah, because I can't remember what she called him earlier. If it was like D, I, I can't remember what D word it was that she used to describe him. Oh. Dick. But it's like a—it's a callback to that joke. But uh, yeah, so funny that I couldn't remember it.
1: Didn't catch it because again, every side character in this movie is a fucking slog.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the arrival of Balto exposes his lies to all, and all his dog friends end up turning on him, leaving him behind. The doc runs out, grabs the medicine, administers to the sick children. And reunited with his friends, Balto earns the respect from both the dogs and the humans. So much so that they invite him inside to visit Rosie, who's now just waking up seemingly cured. Yeah, that fucking
1: antitoxin did not take long.
0: <laughs> uh, he hands her her musher's hat and she thanks him, telling him, I'd be lost without you. And Balto heads outside to finally hook up with Jenna, presumably. Yeah. Uh, we get it just a hug here, but the sequels reveal that these two do fuck and they do have some pups later on together. However... Also, a lie as the real Balto was neutered.
1: <laughs> Next, you're gonna tell me he can't he didn't fly in real life either.
0: though, <laughs> no, no, that doesn't come to wings of change though, so right. I uh, can't get into that yet. But
1: to be fair, uh, I need a disclaimer. I've not seen wings of change. We do not actually know if that is about Balto flying, but I presume it is.
0: We fade up to the Northern Lights and back to 1995 live-action New York City. And the grandmother and her grandchild find Balto's statue. And I, I, again, I I don't understand why it's in New York, but whatever. She explains that Alaska now runs the Iditarod dog race over the same path that Balto and his team took. Correct. Uh, And the woman, who's now revealed to be in an M. Night Shyamalan-style twist, the older Rosie, repeats the same line, Thank you, Balto. I would have been lost without you before walking off to join her granddaughter and Blaze, their husky pup. And we end on the statue of Balto standing proudly in the sunlight, and then an original song by Steve Winwood kicks in, Reach for the Light.
1: Why the fuck would they not just have Phil Collins record a song? Stupid! Anyway, I don't care. I mean, like, I like... Because you'll be in my heart. I like Steve Winwood way more than I like Phil Collins anyway, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway.
0: Did, Bill, did Phil Collins' uh, reputation rise or sink? After watching this film for you
1: well Phil Collins's reputation is pits for me
0: so uh, whoa dude yeah I, I can hear it coming in the air tonight I hate that song um, but did you hate this movie Zach what'd you <laughs> think of Balto? dude um
1: you know it's it was weird to see this movie again it has been so so long since I've seen this movie and a movie that I held uh, generally favorably just you know, in that span, because I didn't know otherwise. I thought this was a good movie when I was younger. Uh, opinions have changed since that. Since then, man. I look, it's 78 minutes long, which is, I guess, nice compared to some of the movies we've been watching recently. Uh, but it is 78 minutes of real boring shit. Um, it, I really just like this. The problem with this story is that you know, once they're going, I mean, it, it, nothing really happens after that. You know what I mean? It's In real life, I mean. Like, in real life, they ran the trail. Sure. Like, it took a few days. (laughs) Um, And that's tough to stretch over even a 78-minute movie. Um, So there's a lot of filler in it and a lot of extra characters that I really, really despise. Um, Like, honestly, when they weren't focused on the main plot... This movie got annoying to me, so I don't think it holds up very well. Um, I could see showing it to a kid; I think kids would like it because dogs are fun. <sighs> I, I I can't even recommend it for educational purposes because it's so historically inaccurate. I don't know, man. It's got a fifty-four on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like a thirty, man. I just like I was bored of shit. I couldn't like really stay focused on it because I I, I just thought it was. Very, very bland and generic. Um, the voice acting, well done in earnest, doesn't re- always sound natural. And some of the lines that they have in this are fucking pits. It's gross. So um, yeah, man, just not not my movie. Um, understand why people would like it and feel nostalgic about it. Me personally, man, I can feel free to skip it for the rest of my life.
0: I completely understand where you're coming from. I think that I'm a little less harsh on it the animation specifically brought me back in terms of nostalgia, that sharp, rigid, sort of washed out colors of Don Bluth movies like American Tail and All Dogs Go to Heaven. I consumed so much of that animation style back in the day that anytime I see a movie in this vein, I'm reminded of my childhood. Sure. But that being said, this was kind of a dull rewatch for a movie that's only 78 minutes long. It takes a bit to even get to the actual story of Balto. Now, as a character, I like Balto. I like his arc. I even like Kevin Bacon's voice performance. I completely understand those who are upset regarding the historical inaccuracies, but I can also understand why filmmakers pitched an animated version of the story to be changed so much. But apart from the landscape and character animation designs, I find a lot of the animation to be sort of dull, especially when it's in motion, just nothing exemplary baseline stuff. So I don't know, man. The supporting characters are also really lame, even for kids movie standards, except for steel. I think he's a badass villain. I do think it's got a pretty good story. No, I do. (laughs) What? No, I just don't think I
1: quite agree with (laughs) badass villain. I think he's a a fine villain, but I also (laughs) feel like a lot of it is forced. You know what I mean?
0: Dude, he's Gaston on on four legs. Oh, it's absolutely forced. Yeah, but
1: I don't know. Whatever.
0: Yeah, the Alaskan territory, though, for me, is always a big plus in my book. I always love movies that just take place in winter, so I like the animation kind of. I can see young kids today still enjoying this, as it does have a, a grand sense of adventure every so often. And the movie doesn't really overstay its welcome, even though it, is, it does kind of feel like it's longer than it is. Uh, yeah, But I don't think there's enough here to warrant a rewatch for kids who grew up loving this movie, honestly. It's not crazy enough to be an essential 90s viewing movie either, so I, I don't know. This is your, one of your absolute favorites. Sure, It holds up as a movie, I think. It's just a narrative movie, but maybe keep the memories as is without possibly disappointing yourself upon revisiting it. Yeah, man, I totally agree. Ultimately, though, I'll, I'll give it a fifty. I think it's fine. It's like a two star okay. movie. It's whatever.
1: All right, fair enough. Yep. Uh, so, in typical, we're back. We're back in form. Better than we're back. Yeah, we're back in <laughs> yeah. form here. in nostalgia be damned, where I seem to really hate some of these kids movies, and Brandon finds the inner workings of it to be just fine. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we had we had been agreeing far too often of of recent episodes. We so. had be,
1: yeah we had been coming together. Although there was a movie, I think I gave a higher
0: rating than you the other day. You did, yeah, you did. our last couple you have, but but I will say that there, our next movie I have no positive feelings about. I didn't like it even as a kid, but I know it's kind of popular in our generation, and it'll be a fun one to revisit. But before we get there, Zach, anything you wanted to recommend as to something you watched or?
1: Um, no, not really. I I can give you an unrecommendation. Ooh. Um, because last night I was super tired. I was a little inebriated, and I decided to hate watch. Um. And streaming on Disney Plus is <laughs> starring my favorite person in Hollywood, uh, Miles Teller, The Fantastic Four.
0: <laughs> Oof! Wait, that came to Disney Plus.
1: That's on Disney Plus. <laughs> no shit. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I've never seen it. I knew Tim Heidecker was in it, and I kind of wanted to see his cameo in it. I completely <laughs> um, forgot he's even in that movie. Which is in, like, the first five minutes. It's perfect. Um, ah. <laughs> and then I was like, great, I can check out the rest of it. But holy shit, man, the fact that this movie made it past the cutting room floor is baffling. It is uh, yep. it is a fucking mess. I cannot believe that movie got made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, I've been really busy. I haven't really gotten a chance to watch anything new. I've just been kind of watching shows that I've already recommended. So,
0: <laughs> I, hear you, dude.
1: I finally, finally finished uh, that season of Better Call Saul that I was watching. So,
0: oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I got a couple I mean, recommends su- and a lot of Sunny. <laughs> Always recommend Sunny, man. Yeah. I have a few recommends. I watched Spike Lee's new movie Defy of Bloods. I didn't quite love it as much as Black Klansman, but it is pretty damn good. And he's on he's been on kind of a roll lately with these last few films, so definitely one you should check out, Zach. I'm sure you'd like it. Sure. And I also finished the show Chernobyl. Dude, that movie, that shows fucking amazing. Oh, that show's amazing. That could be dude. honestly one of my all time favorite shows. I fucking love that.
1: It's so, so, so good. It's so well made, too.
0: Five episodes on HBO. Yeah, check that out if you haven't seen it. I, I was sleeping on it, even though I heard countless great things and Emmy Awards and all this shit. I, I waited, but you should check it out. Worth it. Oh, dude, it's,
1: it's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, also an HBO thing that I guess I could recommend, even though I've recommended it before.
0: Uh, Watchmen is free to watch right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got to get watch on that. <laughs> I know. I got to watch it. Do it. Do it. That might be my next one. And the other movie I watched, which I think came out in 2017 or 2018, and I never watched it, was uh, Hostiles, the movie by Scott Cooper with Christian Bale on Netflix. Dude, I thought that was a really fucking good good movie. Yeah, really. That's
1: a great movie. I love Hostiles.
0: Solid Western. So, yeah, that's all about me. But uh, we mentioned it earlier, the film that we're going to be covering next week, uh, a movie. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe's getting rowdy just as we're wrapping up. That's good. Uh, We're going back to, I think, the year 2000 for – robert rodriguez's spy kids dude i haven't seen this
1: movie since it was in theaters so i am uh, i am curious
0: i had friends who wanted to watch this at, at sleepovers and after the one time seeing it on rental i refused to watch it with them i i, I despise this movie so i'm curious to see if this actually grows in my estimation because i've heard positive things about this and i just never understood why dude yeah uh
1: it's been recommended to or requested from us a few times, so it's about time that
0: we get there. Yes, it is. Well, if you want to listen to that episode, be sure to check in on our original hosted site. That's podbean, nbd.podbean.com. You can also check out us on Facebook if you would like to send us a message there or Twitter or Instagram.
1: Uh, sorry, the dog's eating my microphone. Uh, also, find us on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, please, 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 please write us a review and tell your friends. Every little bit helps. Uh, we'd like people to know about this show.
0: Ah! <laughs> yeah, that's gonna do it uh, for us here because that dog's literally eating his microphone and all of cables. Oh wait, and it's eating Zach. Oh fuck, dude, Zach! No. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> no.
1: You're no Balto. I just yelled. I just told my dog off. Told her she's not Balto.
0: That's okay. Phoebe's more of a steal. You're a tiny dog. Yeah, that did it. Okay. Here.
1: Peace. Peace. Uh,